Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, in studio with the world-famous Deacon Adam Conk. Hello, Mr. Paul George. What's up, my friend? It's great to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. We were off last week. Yeah, you were doing something pretty awesome, I think. Well, I finally went on a little vacation. Yeah. A little getaway. A little vacation for your vocation, huh? Yeah, a little rest, relaxation. Mm-hmm. We didn't go too far. We went to almost Missouri, North Arkansas. Oh, that's right. It's kind of cool, how, nice, you relaxing on the river. It was good. Like, we just needed a little break, you know? That's Absolutely. It. Nothing, nothing outrageous. Very simple. Very restful. Very fun. Yeah. All the things. All the things. Those moments are just so important for families. Yeah. So for if marriages. You missed the show last week. Sorry about that. <laughs> Every now and then we we get a week off. Every now and then. Every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. But summer's here. It's like four thousand degrees. And is it okay? I'm glad mm, you said that because to me it seems unusually oppressively hot. No, it's you think so too. Well, I think it was 98 yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's not the heat index. That was the temp. But you know, I'm used to seeing 98. I, I was wondering why does it feel so different? So maybe there's just like the heat index or whatever is just unusually high because of some conditions. It, it is really not. Matter. It does not feel normal. At the end of the day, it just is summer. It is here, and, and we just got to admit it. For some reason, like we get the summer, we're like, what happened? And and it's like this every year. <laughs> You know, yeah. and and then people are like, no, nah, like the world's changing, and it's like the the whatever, and you're like, no, like this is the same summer I experienced when I was five years old. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had the same conversation the past four years on the show. Probably like when it hits summer, it's like this is so hot. Like what happened? <laughs> you know, this is this is year five for the show, Paul. Yeah, can you believe it? <clears throat> year five, episode two hundred four. It's cool, actually. Uh, this week, uh, I met. A listener to the show now here's the thing like people who are listening to the show they don't really reach out but like when you run into them mm-hmm. they're like oh hey uh, nice to meet you i actually you know weird but uh listen to the show and now i see your face so they didn't know you other than the show correct and then okay so i love when this happens because they give you that look where they're disappointed in what they're seeing did you get that look yeah, I mean, I introduced myself, and they're like, oh, oh. And they just seem really confused. Not really what I thought. <laughs> exactly. And look, to everyone listening, it's been kind of a weird year and a half because, as I've said, I've gotten, I got braces, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. as an as a older adult man. And the weird thing is that it's kind of changed my face a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed. Maybe it's because you see me more often. Mm-hmm. But, like, the structure of my whole, like, identity is changing on the outside. Enough to where people wouldn't recognize you? I don't even recognize myself. Wow. Well, I knew that was true. Yeah. <laughs> it's been weird. <laughs> so I ran into, you ran into a new listener or someone you just met. And I ran into one of our old listeners, one that's been, um, I was at Cathedral for the ordination. We ordained two new priests for the Diocese of Lafayette last Saturday. Right on. And one of our faithful listeners, Mr. Corbett. Uh, you remember Mr. Corbett? Yeah. Anyway, he said to tell you, so I'll tell you right now, that uh, he still listens to the show. He loves it. And we're, we seem to be getting crazier and crazier, but he likes it. That's what he said. Shout out to Corbett. Yeah. Well, you know, it's summer. It's interesting that Father's Day falls in summer. Mm-hmm. I wish it fell like in fall or spring. For real. When it's like, hey, what do you want to do for Father's Day? We're like, I'd love to play golf or go fishing and not melt 
It's true. So, you should start a petition. <clears throat> yeah, Father's Day, you're like, ah, it's just hot. I don't feel like doing anything. But, you know, I do have I do have a have you seen. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Yeah, so it is Father's Day, and in honor of fathers, I found this thing. It's It was like 32 weird Father's Day gifts that people came up with that would be good. Now, some of them nice. just don't Google or you can't, like whatever. <laughs> some of them are like, they're funny. They're, some of them are maybe a little inappropriate for some mm-hmm. crowds. Avant-garde. So I won't share those yeah, on the show. That's great. You know, but to guys, like guys' humor, like not to like, you know, whatever, but like my wife always says, like things that you find funny as a guy or she doesn't find funny sometimes or at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not all it's in, in, like inappropriate stuff. It's just like guy humor Yeah, is just like... You know, we love, you know, there's just things that we laugh at that are just always funny. And it's the same things I laughed at in, in junior high that I still laugh at. That's right. Now, I mean, it's That's just right. like, like, those are things that are always funny to guys. <laughs> yeah. And I've never heard of mom humor. Maybe it exists, but there's definitely dad jokes, right? Dad humor. Right. And I think that's for a reason. It's for a we reason. We just have a male brain that enjoys really silly asinine things okay i'll just share a few of these but in honor of father's day but it's, it's kind of funny because to all the dads out there we love you you and i are fathers between mm-hmm. us we have like 14 kids mm-hmm. but you have the majority of those <laughs> not a race but okay. i'm kind of a lightweight <laughs> here with five compared to you well 12 total for me yeah mm-hmm. so that's 17 between us not bad mm-hmm. repopulating the world yeah something like that yeah building the kingdom yep I mean, like people look at you, they're like, either he's Catholic or Mormon. There's, it's one or the other. <laughs> well, that's why I became a deacon to make it a little more clear. Yeah, let's get clear here. Okay, so here's one. I don't know if you would like this. Lawnmower lights as a gift. Hey, so no one would think of that. Mm. But like if you got some high powered lights, especially yeah. around here, if you can cut at night, it's cooler oh, at yeah. night. So there are lights that you can put on your lawnmower that you can mow the lawn at night, obviously. Now, I don't know how your neighbors would feel about that. Right. However, you would have the cool factor. That is a good idea. You're like, sorry, Bob, I know it's 10 o'clock at night, keeping you up. <laughs> but I got lawnmower lights. Yeah, if it can go with some kind of um, muting system for the engine, so lights and quieter engine, I yep. think we're on to something. Yep. Okay, here's one. I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but you smoke pipes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're like a little, you know, just sophisticated, you know, you got a beard, you, you're just a, a, a pipe smoker, like, you know, Chesterton guy, <laughs> you're like, hey, uh, and then you get that raspy voice, hey. yeah, smoking a pipe. <laughs> it's a coffee cup that you can smoke out of. Come on. So it's got a little bong to it, right? And, Come on. And then you put the the tobacco in like this little place but it looks like a coffee cup so so the mug is a pipe the mug is a pipe oh my goodness yeah but you don't like the whole cup isn't like tobacco it's just like a little place where you can put it and then and then you just it looks like you're and the smoke coming out looks like the smoke coming off the coffee okay this is one of the best lists i've ever heard in my life yeah so you could just be like walking around like with a cup of coffee. No one knows that you're smoking a pipe. Now I, I'm assuming you can smoke other things out of there. I have no idea. Well, the smell will I'm definitely give it away. 
Well, that's true. And but, I, I do love the smell of pipe. Yeah, everyone does. It's kind of like owning a pickup truck. Everybody wants to borrow your truck, but they don't want to own one. It's mm-hmm. like that with pipes. When they when somebody pulls out the pipe tobacco, it's like, oh, I love that smell. Right. Let's all smell it, but they don't want to smoke it. That's you know? true. Which is good. So would you want one? I would. Um, just for the sake of having one, I would give it a shot. You know, that sounds really neat. A couple of, couple of puffs and a drink of coffee. Okay, here's one Pretty for good. maybe the older guys. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm in that crowd. It's an ear cleaner. And also cuts the the hair of your ears, but it also has a camera you could see inside as you clean. Wait. Yeah. That's awesome. Wait. How would you... Like it connects to your phone or something? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Paul. Yep. And then the camera also shines into the mirror so, like, you could see what it's, like, inside your ear. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. I would take that for sure. You like that? Be kind of gross, but functional, helpful. Right. Wow. Um, this is a great list. Where do you find this? Okay, great a couple list? more. Uh, here, it's a holster for your beer. So instead of a gun, imagine a holster <sighs> and you just have your beer. Now, it could be uh, anything else in there, you know, like a whatever. That is that is really good. Now, would you walk around St. Martinville with a holster and a beer on it? Um, I would walk around my house, backyard, friend's house. I don't know about the city, just walking around. I mean, maybe if it's a festival going on or something like that. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Yep. Um, there's a portable icy machine. Icy? Yeah. Portable. You know the ICs? Yeah. That you, you can buy? You have one. Like, you get your own. Like it's battery powered? Y- yeah. You can make ICs anywhere, which for summer here is, like, huge. Paul, you yeah. just, you just, uh, mm-hmm. I rarely hear about things like this and I'm like, I need to get it. But I think all five, like you're five for five. Yeah. These are, the, yeah, I'm picking them out for you. Wow. I know these are the ones that you want. <laughs> okay. Well, what about you? Would you want those? Okay. And here's the last one I'll, I'll say, because this is the one I would, I would want. It's a robotic weeder. So it's, it's a little, you know, those little robot that goes around your floor and vacuums, the little yeah. vacuum things, but this is for your garden and it'll weed during the day. It'll just kind of moan around. You're kidding. Nope. And it works? Mm-hmm. Keeps the weeds out. So if I have to choose one, I don't know which one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't choose. And this is rare for me because normally I'm not, you know, clickbait or whatever, but... Yeah. You, you got me, Paul. So it's Father's Day this coming up Sunday. So, you know, congratulations to all the dads, all the new dads. Like if you're a new father First and you're Father's like, Day, man, yeah. I have no idea what I've gotten myself into. Join the crowd. Yeah. You know, I've been a dad for mm, over 22 years now. Doing great, by the way, so yeah, far. I wouldn't. I, so I get, far. It's you hard still, to, you yeah. know, as a parent, I think parenting is one of the hardest things that you'll ever do in your life. Yes. Okay. It, it just is like. Like being like having a, a good healthy marriage and being a parent are two of the most difficult things. Why? Because it's our vocation, right? Mm-hmm. But no one teaches you how to parent. Like there's no mm-hmm. there's no manual to it. Like there, you know, like you a lot of times you you don't know if you're doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have no idea if you're a good or bad parent. And and I would even hate to use that word good or bad because. If you feel like you're doing good, you're probably not. And if you feel like you're doing bad, you're probably doing better than you think. Mm-hmm. Unless you're just, you know, really absent, you know, or whatever. But the reality is, like, parenting is just hard. Yeah. It's difficult. 
When you can't make it results based, and I know a lot of parents experience that, especially if they're really devoted to their faith and they have a kid or two or three or all of them that leave the faith or question their faith or go through times of, and so they naturally, you know, put it on themselves. Where did I go wrong? What could I have done? And I think that's one of the reasons the Lord allowed the apostles to do what they did, right? I mean, you could not be a better father figure than Jesus to these apostles. Mm -hmm. And Judas, we know what happened with him. Um, All of them, except for John, went through this intense questioning of their faith in times of difficulties. So it's not like you could have prepared those men better than Jesus did, yet they still, in their freedom, you know, now they came back, most of them, Judas didn't. Um, And so when we evaluate ourselves as parents, especially Christian parents, we it can't be results based, right? Because they're f- they're free people. Our children are, are free, and because of that freedom, they may or may not ch- make good choices or decisions for a time. And uh, you know, it's difficult as a parent. I mean, it's so difficult to to s- watch children make bad choices, right? Right. Um, especially regard to the faith, but that doesn't necessarily mean I was a bad parent. No, I mean, yeah, it's. It's a task, and here's the common denominator, and a lot of people don't want to talk about this or they don't want to listen to it or hear it, but statistically, the common denominator you know, with healthy children and healthy family is the presence of the father. Mm-hmm. It's not that the dad or the father is bigger or better than anything or that the dad or the father even knows what he's doing. <laughs> right like yeah. because we don't like we don't I have it all together to like yeah. i often say that my wife has way more virtues for parenting way more skills way more you know um intuition you mm-hmm. know like like she always seems it, it look my experience just always feels like she's a little bit step ahead mm-hmm. you know oh yeah i can relate in some ways right mm-hmm. and but that's the beauty of like you co-parent, you parent together, but the common denominator is that the dad is there, he's present, and that he's engaged in the family. Mm-hmm. In that, that the statistics tell us that long-term health of the kids is there if the father's present. And that's across the board of faith, of education, of mental health, all across the board. And, and why? Uh, because there's something about the nurturing of both the mother and the father, but there's something about the stability that the father brings, right? And and when a kid has a sense of instability, that they that the foundation under them is is collapsing, they they struggle with their identity, they struggle with their confidence, they struggle in paying attention, they struggle in their faith, they struggle with their acknowledgement that that God is love and and all those foundational pieces begin to collapse and what the father brings is just a sense of stability. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that stability allows a person to the freedom to try to understand reality and understand what's true and what's good and and how the world works. That instability, you it just puts you in survival mode, and so you're not necessarily worried about, um, you know, what marriages really are, whatever. You're more thinking, how do I survive? How do I get what I need? And the presence of the father, particularly a good father allows us all to to feel that sense of stability and think about the deeper things of life, you know, family, friendships, work, um, faith, with a certain freedom to think about these things. <clears throat> uh, 
so I'm not just approaching these things with a selfishness or like a survival mode. Selfishness is the wrong word. It can come across as selfish. Like even with the faith, for example, you know, if I don't have that strong fatherly presence in the home to, to lead me in the faith as a child, statistically, I'm not going to practice my faith necessarily. Why? Because when I hear about it, I'm thinking like, how does this help me survive? How does this help me know who I am? How does this help me fill a gap that my, I mean, I'm thinking of this way, but how does this fill that gap of the father that didn't teach me these things? Rather, when a, when a person has that stable presence of the father, they go into spiritual questioning with a freedom to question these things. I don't know about you, but I can remember when my kids very young asking me those deep questions about spiritual life. Like, does God really exist? Um, how do we know he exists? You know, what, what is the... And I just thought that was beautiful because they felt that stability you were talking about to explore those things that are so important to explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll get more into it uh, over the show, but um, thanks for listening in. Glad you're a part of the show today. Uh, Welcome to summer edition (laughs) of the show, and uh, we're glad you're a part of it. Feel free to share the show on the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and thanks to KLFT radio here in Lafayette um, for being a part of the show as well. And we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk in studio. And uh, good to see you, man. Good to see you. I like Summer Adam. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Summer Adam is, you know, the school year's out. Oh, and, you're right. Yeah. You know, and you, you've been teaching mm-hmm. and, you know, administrating mm-hmm. at uh, the school, John Powell the Great Academy, that, where, where you're at. And it's busy. Like, the school year's mm-hmm. busy. My wife taught for, you know, almost 10 years. And so we would we would call her Summer Gretchen. <laughs> when we had summer Gretchen, you know, it was like, yeah. it was like nice, you know, cause it is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like the school year's like crazy, you know, it's it wild. Is. And then you get summer and it's like, Oh, I can breathe a little bit. Yada, yada, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, the summer needs to be a big inhale so that you can exhale the rest of the year. But you look good, man. Thanks. Look, yeah. I'm inhaling. You know, you look, your complexion, your rest, you know. <laughs> well, we've been swimming a lot, you know, spending time outside. That's been good. Um, I mean, still working, so still at the school, but it's it's all things that are like inhaling type things, yeah. like taking a deep breath, taking stock of the year, planning for the next year. So it's not like we're – the way I like to put it is the plane is in the hangar. It's not in flight. And so we're working on the plane while it's in the hangar. Mm-hmm. It's about to take off again in August. Yeah. So it's good. Yep. And you need a coffee cup where you can smoke a pipe out of. It's a good idea. I mean, really, I think I, I really think I found the gift for you. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, just your <laughs> Chesterton pipe smoking self, <laughs> just walking around with a coffee cup, uh, smoking a pipe. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, do you have a weird Catholic stuff? What? Huh? Did you, what did you say? Um, it's kind of weird. Okay. I mean, I'm into this Catholic stuff, but that is weird stuff. Really? Yeah. Weird Catholic stuff! Yeah, so... Um, I have no idea what you're about to say. Right. Right, you don't. So one of the one of the ways I look up this segment is I'll try to find strange patron saints. Okay. And then when usually there's a good story behind it. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So such is the case for today's weird Catholic weird Catholic stuff. I looked up weird uh, patron saints and I came across Saint Genesius. Saint Genesius. Saint Genesius. You ever heard of him? Me neither. <laughs> no. Early church. How do you even spell the name? Early church martyr. So a hero, right? He just he just lived and died. Lived and died. Um, but he's the patron saint of comedians. So that intrigued me. How do we know? Well. He was funny. Well, um, so that, in, that intrigued me, right? So looking up his story, it's actually a pretty neat and weird story. Um, but St. Genesius was uh, an actor and comedian, because it was all rolled into one at the time, right? Like if you're going to be a, a play actor on a stage and you had basically comedies and tragedies, and that was your, you know, two options, basically, right? So he was a comedic actor, all right? So think of him, uh, like, I like Nate Bargetsy a lot, okay. the comedian. This yep. is who I have in mind as St. Genesius, all right? Um, okay, so he was a Roman actor, and he he lived at the time of Diocletian, which is like third or fourth centuries. Diocletian um, gave a pretty pretty uh, intense persecution of the church. But before that, it wasn't as intense. It went through a period of like less intense. Diocletian in- increased the intensity, right? So when Diocletian <laughs> came to power um, and everyone kind of knew that Diocletian was after the Christians, Genesius, being a stage actor, he actually wrote a play kind of to that theme against Christians, okay, mocking Christianity to win favor with the emperor, right? So that was his plan. He's going to write this this play that just made fun of, like as a comedy, made fun of all the Christians and their beliefs and their practices. And so being a good actor and comedian, he decided to study the Christians to get to understand them. Because how can you make fun of what you don't understand, right? Well, guess what happened? In studying Christianity, learning more about it, guess who caught a dose of the ghost? Genesius. So he never finished the play because he became Christian in the research process. Wow. Um, yes. And he was baptized. Um, and then he eventually was martyred by that same Diocletian. So he he was trying to win his favor by mocking the Christians, set out to do that, and then eventually incurred his wrath because he became Christian and died a martyr. And I thought that was just a really cool story. I like that. That's yeah. weird. That is weird. I mean, you know, you never know someone's story of how they come to know Christ, like the conversion story, you know, we all have ours. Uh, I mean, they're all different. Right. And you know, it's always interesting the way that God works and uses in the Holy spirit can, can, um, work to intervene in someone's life to, Mm -hmm. to help them to reroute or have a conversion or turn around to, to give their life to Christ. Right. And like, you know, as we, are living in this this time of Pentecost, 
that we got to believe that the Holy Spirit's still active and moving and at work in, in people's lives for the past 2000 years, right? Mm -hmm. Or even more so. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, there's a couple of stories that I've been reading about, uh, you know, one is, have you ever heard of, you know, the venerable Matt Talbot? No. So he's, he's a venerable and it's just interesting as we're kind of talking about guys and father's day, there's a, there's a couple of things that have come to mind. Like, as we've been talking, one is, you know, our destiny and our definition and our purpose and, you know, all those things aren't defined by the father that we had, right? Like we, we could have had good dads or bad dads or mm -hmm. mediocre dads or whatever. And maybe we all had different starting points because of our family makeup or our parents' marriage or divorce or whatever the case may be. But the reality and the cool part about that is that no matter what our story was based on our relationship with our father or our family, it doesn't define our future mm -hmm. as a man. Right. Like God can take whatever story we had and, and intervene and make us into the man that he wants us to be. Right. Like yeah. we, some of us might have more work than others, but there's a saint this week. That's kind of cool. St. Romulud. Yeah. Have you ever heard of him? I've heard of him, yeah. But so uh, <clears throat> he had, it says he had a wasted youth, and Romud watched his father kill a relative in a duel over property right in front of him. Mm -hmm. So this is his story, right? Like his story is like he watched his dad like kill a human over a dispute, and then like it just broke up the whole, you know, family system, right? Like mm -hmm. that whole tragedy. And that led to him, you know, kind of wandering off and then, but eventually like having this conversion and entering the monastery. And so like his story started at a point where like no kid should ever have to watch his father murder another human. Right. Right. And kind of see this. And yet it didn't define the rest of his life. Certainly he probably altered it and God had to like work through that, but it didn't, it, it didn't keep God from intervening at some point. And so no matter what our stories are from the past, God can work right now in our life as men, as guys, as, as people, as humans. Yeah, and if we think of original sin in, in how it relates to fatherhood, I think it's really important, especially in this Father's Day um, edition, but to meditate on, on what original sin did to fatherhood. Because our first father, first of all, original sin didn't happen because of our mother. It happened because of our father. In the, the, in the history of the theology of the church, it's been very clear. The curse of original sin is passed down because Adam failed. Our first father failed, right? And what began in Adam was this falling of fatherhood. Fatherhood itself fell, right? Now... God, in his mercy, in sending his son, Jesus Christ, and in the, the pre preparing the way for that, he provides new fathers along the way. What do we call Abraham, right? Father Abraham. And in establishing Father Abraham, God had to break the cycle of original sin. He had to break the cycle of fallen fatherhood in Abraham. And how did he do it? He did it directly. Now, Abraham had, a, had an earthly father. But God became his father. 
mm. in a real way. Right. And that began a whole new nation of people that had God as father. Right. Right. And so there was this cycle of broken fatherhood all over the world and every nation, every people, but God put an end to it in Abraham with a new fatherhood in Abraham. So God became Abraham's father so that Abraham became the father of everyone else. And in Jesus Christ, as Christian as Christians, we believe that he, Jesus reconnects us to the father in such a profound way because we become the son of the father through adoption, but he also makes us fathers in a totally new way. Hmm. You know, fatherhood has been redeemed in Jesus. Right. And it's not because we're going to get it just right, like you were saying. It's not because we're going to be the perfect father on earth. It's because we have a connection to the Father in Jesus Christ that you and I can be Christian fathers today and and do so where we have broken the chains of that fallen fatherhood of original sin, and we live in the freedom of fathers in Jesus. Right. And, and how do we break that generational sin, right, of fatherhood is that we join in Christ right. who broke the sin and who said, I am one with the Father. Father and I are one. Mm. So when we join in with Christ, like we are in union with God the Father. And it and it's God who teaches us how to be dads, who teaches us how to be fathers. It's a relationship with Christ and the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to choose to do the things that that God's calling us to do, right? To mm-hmm. to be there, to be present, to show up. To, to pray, to go to mass, to to lead our families, not perfectly, because we'll never do that. So if you're if you're seeking out a perfect fatherhood, you're you're going to constantly live in this idea of failure. Yep. It, it's an obedient fatherhood. It, it is just being obedient to God the Father. And when we fail, you just get back up. Because I've learned early on that that if there's one thing that flashes a light on my my inabilities, my imperfections, it's parenting. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I'm constantly falling short of perfection of what I should have said or done or handled. But yet in that, like, God, me just, like, being there and showing up and, like, trying is God can fill the gaps of the rest, right? Like, he he can do the rest. Yeah, in in a certain sense, we are something like... To use a loose analogy, we're something like a sacrament of God the Father to our family, right? And here's what I mean by that, what you were just describing. Sacraments work regardless of how well they're performed, you know, or who's performing them. So, you know, a baptism happens even if the one who's baptizing them gave a terrible homily or um, you use, you know, water to do it, but maybe you don't use, I don't know, maybe the baptism itself is not everything it's cut out to be. The baptism still happens. That child is still a child of God, right? As long as water and I baptize, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit happens. In a similar way, regardless of the trappings of my fatherhood or the way I fail or not, the, regardless, when I as a Christian am present to my kids, God the Father who's in me, as long as I'm in the state of grace and I'm living my vocation well, God the Father dwells in me. It's not just the Son. It's not even just the Holy Spirit. God the Father dwells in me, and I become a sign of that presence to my kids. And not just a, not just a sign, but a sign of the reality that God the Father is present to my kids. And so it's not about me being perfect. It's about me being present. Hmm. That makes God the Father present. 
And that's my calling, to make God present in the world. Yeah, here's the beauty in our parenting and in our fatherhood is that the Lord fills the gaps. The Lord fills all the gaps of our imperfections, right? Because mm -hmm. God wants to be in relationship with our children. And he, he wants to be God the Father, not us. Like, he doesn't right. want us to be the God of our families. Right. Right, and if we're trying to be this ultimate provider and ultimate decision maker and this ultimate perfect being, we become sort of this icon in our family of almost like a, a demigod, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and um, that's unhealthy yeah. because like in my imperfection, the beauty of my imperfection is that I can point to the father who is perfect, right? By the mm -hmm. way that I'm humble, by the way that I point my kids to God and, show them that like that that's this is where I go to get filled up because I'm imperfect. This is where you should go. Like the the ultimate goal is that we're all in relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Like that's mm -hmm. that's ultimately, you know, the long game, right? Is that our mm -hmm. kids end up knowing the perfection of the Father. You know, the, the common denominator with all the saints, and if you just just take like all the male saints that we've researched or know, and the, and there's thousands more is, is that, uh, I mean, they all had a father, right? Like they mm. were born somewhere. That's right. You know, but there, there's no, there's no real common denominator that, that, that they, you know, had a good father or a bad father. We don't know all we know some stories of both. Right. But the reality is that none of them had a perfect father. And eventually they, they met God the Father and became in a relationship with the Lord, and that is what where their life changed. So Saint Ramalod like saw his father murder someone. Mm -hmm. You know, like it wasn't that his father didn't love him or whatever. Like he made a bad decision, but it, it didn't it didn't change God intervening in that moment or in his life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that 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 is evangelization. Evangelization is someone who knows God the Father in Jesus Christ allows me to know the same thing, right? Like I begin to know God the Father in Jesus Christ. And sometimes our parents evangelize us. They're the ones who teach us that, right? Absolutely. And sometimes they don't. But either way, whoever evangelizes me, whoever shares this good news with me and, and lets me call on God as Father with Jesus, they have ended the cycle of fallen fatherhood, mm -hmm. right? Like right. that's where the cycle ends because, and look, the world is messed up. We all know that. Our plan to save the world is not, you know, better mental health, although mental health is really important. Our plan to save the world is salvation in Jesus Christ to call on God as Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we promote that to end the cycle of fallen fatherhood, to end the cycle of broken families, to end the cycle that is destroying the world. That is our plan, the gospel, right. evangelization. Now, the gospel needs to be preached in the psychologist's office, in the psychiatrist's office, in the classroom. But it's the gospel that ends the cycle. And so as Christians, we have that, right? Like we have a connection to God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. What a powerful thing we have to not be held captive to the way our father was, to the way, you know, men in the past treated us. It, mm -hmm. it had an impact. It had an effect. 
but we have freedom in the gospel that we need to explore right. that freedom. And sometimes exploring that freedom means we, we get help, you know, psychologically and counseling. And that's part of the freedom to find and discover it. Yeah. I mean, the best thing that we can do as men, as fathers is claim God, the father for ourselves. Like that's the 100%, first, yeah. first thing that we can do, right? Like mm-hmm. begin to, you know, have that relationship with God that that will guide everything that we do with our marriage and with our, our family in the way that we live our vocation. We won't do it perfectly, but that's the starting point. You know, it, it, it is, and, and there's, it's never too late. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, I want to get back to it. Uh, venerable Matt Talbot, mm-hmm. um, who was an Irishman, um, but, but not too long ago, he died in 1925. Oh, yeah, so right before you were born. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, is an Irishman who, um, you know, watched his father struggle uh, to raise his family, it says, and uh, he had a difficult time supporting his family. Um, it says that Matt uh, obtained, you know, kind of more work status, began to make a little bit more money, but began to drink excessively as a as a as a young teenager for 15 years, he was an active alcoholic, 15 years, 15 years as an active alcoholic, as a man, family. And then he had, he had a conversion one day he decided to take a pledge three months, make a general confession and begin to attend daily mass. And through the sacraments, he, he had this conversion of his Mm -hmm. faith. And, um, he, uh, yeah, just started like, uh, he gave up alcohol and began to pray, go to mass, and you know, he had done a lot of things, stole money. He was just lived this sort of whole life, but it was it was a reboot for his life, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, his past didn't define like the next step. Like he claimed God as his father and began this whole new, like midway through his life, began a whole new journey. <clears throat> and for us as men, like we can do that. Like we, it's never too late to start over. That's right. Even or begin you, anew, you know? Even if you try to begin anew a thousand times, which is, you know, when I talk with people that struggle with substance abuse or things like that, especially if they have faith, it's, they're looking for that moment, right? They're like, I need my Matt Talbot moment. I need that moment where I finally just give up all this stuff and I can't seem to get there. I can't seem to find it. And that's one of the worst traps that the devil has is that we assume we've done everything, tried everything, we know everything. And so, but I guarantee everyone listening... Um, God, Christ wants to set us free from all this bondage, and especially the bondage of sin and addiction. And so even if it takes us 1,050 times to try to respond to that grace, so what? It's worth it for eternal life, right? Like it's worth it for uh, a relationship with Jesus. And like you said, Paul, it's never too late to end that, that cycle of broken fatherhood we call sin and to call on God as Father and accept the new life of freedom in Jesus Christ. Never too late. Right. Never too late. Never. That's the beauty. Like, you know, that's why I've been, you know, we talk a lot about the saints. And I've been doing more and more research, the book, and just different things. And it's like every saint that I'm reading, they've all had those moments where they've had a conversion. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, some major, some minor, in a sense. Like, some had families where they talked about God and, and... their evangelization came through their family, some not, like, but God intervened. And that's the beauty. And for us, <clears throat> particularly as men, uh, you know, like, 
it's it's never a one time conversion because we're too rough yeah. around the edges. Like it's got to be this place where we're constantly having a a, a reconversion, an ongoing conversion, growing more and more in in relationship with the Lord. Like like we got to. Yeah, and and for men, I mean, the male ego is pretty famous. You ever heard of the male ego? Yep. Yeah. It's pretty famous, and uh, we do tend to think very highly of ourselves. And it's it's a weird paradox because those those that struggle with ego also beat themselves up pretty hard. You ever notice that? Like if the, if yes. they have to have their own way, if they're stubborn, they struggle with ego. They also beat themselves up and think. And and it actually makes sense when you think about it that if I love my own way so much, I'm going to be disappointed because my way is terrible. <laughs> right? Like if, if I love myself so much, I'm going to be disappointed because I wasn't created to love myself. I was created to love God and I love myself in God. And so it actually makes sense that if I have a pride and an ego and a stubbornness as a man to my own way, my own view, my own thought, I'm also going to be pretty disappointed in my own way, my own view, my own thought. And so the humble freedom of knowing that God is greater than I am, that God the Father is a better father than I am, there's actually a, a such a peace and freedom that I've found because the less I rely on my own abilities as a father, as a man, and the more I rely on God, things work out much better. And I don't, I don't feel this beating up of myself all the time or this constant sense of shame or disappointment in my, my behavior, even though I know I sin and know I fall short because I've learned that God is bigger than all of that, you know? And so, um, the, the, if I, have impacted my family and friends by my own ego and stubbornness, this Father's Day is a great, great opportunity for conversion, I think, because it's, it's one time a year where we reconsider this, this vocation of fatherhood. And uh, one of the main blocks to being a great father is just ego, stubbornness, hard headedness, hmm. you know? All right. I got a, another gift for you. What's that? So it's a, it's a, it's a good gift. So you, you type a lot here. So imagine your hands on the keyboard, uh-huh. okay, and they they make the these chopsticks that fit in between your fingers, but they're already together. So if your finger just moves, they're in between, and you can type, and then grab a snack with the chopsticks. They stick on top, and you can like grab a snack, type, and like eat <laughs> with these like <laughs> these like chopsticks that grab snacks. They grab like a Cheeto can put it in and keep typing like you don't have to like wow could we use a fork is this out of the orient the chopstick gift i I don't know no but see you don't just stab it like if you're typing like you just move your hand over it grabs it you can eat and grab or stab no 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 grab okay because it uses you just close your two fingers oh gotcha it grabs okay all right yeah Let's do it. I think you would use it. Daddy chops. Okay. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. 
Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in, being a part of the show on the podcast or on the radio. Deacon Adam Cock, Paul George here. Super, super summer. Super summer. Super summer. It's not you a said you guys summer. have been swimming a lot. Where do y'all yeah. where do y'all get like a pool or no? D- different people's houses where yeah. you know they have pools. It's yeah. kind of like the pickup tr- truck thing or the pipe smoking thing. Some people have pools. I saw this pretty cool invention. Now, I don't know the liability on this. It seemed like it would be high liability, but it was on Shark Tank, and this guy had you know you know like Airbnb or VRBO, mm. right? Like you can you know rent a house, right? Mm. <clears throat> it it's uh, you could book someone's pool. So like if you had a pool. You could put your pool on the app, huh. and then people could rent your pool for the day, and just go. And then, and then you, you know, it's just like they book it and they go to your house. <clears throat> it's available, and they use it for however many hours, and, and then they pay. Interesting. So you have to build your own pool. You just VRBO basically the pool, huh? Not the house, just a pool. So people put their pools up on it. Now, again. I would think there would be high liability because, like, how would you like if something happened? Right. You know, that would be that would be horrible because you don't know if someone's booking your pool, like if they even know how to swim. Right. So, like, what happens there? You right. Know, you provide a lifeguard. Like, like, what's the cost on that? But anyway, it sounds like what you're doing, but for free. Yeah, you're I, just, I figured out the free system. You're just mooching people's <laughs> pool. Hey, you got a pool? I'm coming over with all nine of my kids. <laughs> And feel free to cook for us, too, while you're at it. Yeah, sometimes we get that deal, too. Yeah. Hey, it takes a village. It does take a village. But look, if you if you put in a pool, you got to... It's kind of like buying a pickup truck. You know people are going to want to swim in that thing. Yeah. And you probably have a grill, and mm-hmm. you're used to cooking for folks, but... Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. We don't get invites like that very much. Well... Have more small children, I guess. Huh? When they were smaller, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, you can come to my pool, Paul, which is not a big pool. I have like an inflatable one at home. Yeah, I would really fit. I don't fit in a bathtub, much less an inflatable <laughs> pool. Kind of out of out of my league there. All right, so do you want to do six pack of questions? Question. So, question number one is obvious. You gave us six great Father's Day gifts. So, question is, choose one. Which one would you want for Father's Day? Well, I think one of the coolest there that I personally would use or like that would be, at least in my old house, because my neighbors were far off, is the headlights on the lawnmower. That would just, that would rock. That would. I mean, to not have to cut grass during the day. Because it is cooler at night, obviously, because the sun's not. Obviously. But, you know, I think just to have them maybe would be cool. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there was one here. It's a it's a mug with a joystick on it, and so it kind of, um, you know, for all the dads who grew up with like Atari, yeah, the joystick, yeah, it's kind of like that. So it's just like this, you know, um, nostalgia to having like the Atari joystick, joystick, and then a coffee mug. Like that's the handle. Yeah, the jo- that's the handle. That but you can neat. move it, and you know, you can like move it, whatever. Yeah, like it's. So then you have this nostalgia of like, hey, you know, a joystick. How interesting. I don't know. I wouldn't use it. I wasn't super into to video games. Like I would usually get mad and break them. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Um, so because we're talking about father issues, just, you know, fair warning to everyone. These questions are going to get deep. Okay. Because I got questions for you. Because you've worked with so many people 
and this father wound or father issues or father like affects our whole life. And so it's, it's a theme I know you've thought deeply about, you've worked mm-hmm. with people on. So I want to get some of that wisdom out on, on the air. Um, so one question number two, uh, Paul, how do you, how do you move from a victim mentality to a victor mentality mm-hmm. with w- regard to fathers? Because I know, you know, I've met some old men, um, well-seasoned men that are still have like have this victim mentality about their fatherhood. Mm-hmm. That's the way they think about it. Yeah. Not to say that there's anything wrong with recognizing the wounds that we get from our fathers, but it almost seems stuck in it, right? Right. How do we get unstuck? Like they can't move on. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, you know, I mean, like wounds are a real thing, like where we've experienced pain or brokenness or hurt or trauma, uh, through situation or through people, through our parents or whatever, like whoever it was, those are real, right? Like, and those are moments where it's, it's certainly important for us to receive healing, you know, so that we can move on. So I think at first it's just, it's acknowledging the wound and the place, you know, and the situation. And then once you acknowledge it is asking the Lord, like, how do I receive healing in this? So I can move on. So allowing God through the grace of the Holy Spirit to, to heal that moment of hurt, of pain, uh, and to go through the activity of, of forgiving and, and, and <clears throat> allowing God to, over time, heal, heal that broken place. You know? So it's, you know, like wounds don't heal overnight. Like scars, you know, don't, they don't heal overnight. And, and you can have a, a wound that's healed but always have a, a scar to remind you of what happened. But that scar that reminds you of what happened doesn't have to have the same pain as experienced in it when you did, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I've had multiple surgeries, you know, on joints and things like that. It's like, oh, it reminds me of actually when I got hurt. reminds me of when I had surgery, but it doesn't hurt like it used to. Mm-hmm. And I've moved on. I've exercised and grown, and, and, like, my body can now get back to those things. It's important for us to, like, go through that process of healing whether it be through counseling or spiritual, you know, <clears throat> direction or some type of healing ministry, and then begin the journey of moving on and letting go and, and getting getting over that victimhood and not living in, in this victim, you know, woe is me. Mm-hmm. Question number three, kind of related to that. So when we, whenever we set on that process, and hopefully we've all had an opportunity to consider these things, but if this is the first time you're considering these things... Um, this can be very eye-opening, but my question is, can you speak to me about the connection between how we see our fathers and our relationship to God the Father, particularly in prayer? You know, how does this affect our prayer life, our relationship with our dads? And if we're not healing, if we're not moving on, if we're not coming to terms with this, what might we see in our prayer life as far as difficulties and, and challenges that we might not even know is is due to that? Yeah, some spiritual writers and saints have, you know, said that, you know, I— <clears throat> I'm not quoting directly, but I've read about is, you know, like someone's maybe first image of God is who their own father was. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so that could be good or bad. It could be whatever. And th- this is the importance of the Trinity, because if, if, if we have a block to God, the father, because maybe we experienced um, some woundedness from our own father. And so th- the idea of like receiving and knowing a father's love is sort of this, 
this block for us, like knowing that, oh, that God the Father loves us because we project that onto God, right? Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yeah. The beauty of, of the Trinity is that the, the love of the Father exists in, in the three, you know, through the Son, through the friendship of Jesus, through through the love of the Holy Spirit. So the, 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 the route to relationship with God the Father can go through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, you see, mm-hmm. and, and there becomes a, a lot of healing and reconciliation. And then as we, as we receive healing from our own father wound or whatever, like then, then the, it begins to clear our image of God, the father. I've seen beautiful conversions of people who have had deep father wounds, who through their relationship with Christ have been able to route a new vision of a relationship with God the Father through the Holy Spirit, right? Hmm. And even through Mary, <clears throat> you know, m- maybe their experience of their their mom was beautiful, so their 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 relationship with Mary is very natural. And yet, Mary is the beauty of Mary is that she just hand delivers us to God, to to the Son, right? Like to the Trinity. That is great. This is good stuff. All right, question number four. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about those connections because, I mean, I guess what we all want with our dads more than anything. Yes, we want them to teach us. We want them to provide for us. More than anything, we just want to be, we have an intimate connection with dad, right? Like we just want, like Jesus calls calls his father Abba, you know, daddy. Like we want that with our dads and we want that with God the Father. Um, can you give us some insight or tips as how to form that intimate connection with God the Father? Like how do we actually live life close to the father, you know, and not, not at a distance. Yeah. I think I've found maybe with myself and with other men, particularly as adults, that becomes harder, Mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes evangelizing kids, teenagers is a lot easier because they don't have all these, they're not an adult yet where they feel like they have it all together Mm -hmm. or they got to, you know, do it all and have this pride. So there, there's a more of a vulnerability and a lack of like, you know, just they're like, yeah, of course, right? So with like particularly with adults, like oftentimes we go to God <clears throat> as an adult. You know, it's like, oh, we're adult to adult. You know, it's right. like, wait. <laughs> you know, so like the but the reality is is to fall in love with the God is to understand that He's our father and we're his child. Like, so no matter how old I get, I'm God's son. I'm I'm his kid. Like like I belong to him, and and to to re- begin to relate to him as like a, a child, not as this a like grown adult. Be like, yeah, I got it all together. I know what I'm doing. I'm coming to you, you know, for some advice. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it, it's to relate to God the Father. Is like I know I'm just coming to you for you to hold me, for you to take care of me for you to be the tender loving father and for me just to be the child right because mm-hmm. the beauty of a child is that they don't have it all together and they know that they they can't provide for themselves mm-hmm. they, they don't hold jobs they don't pay bills they don't have responsibility they're just kids and <clears throat> that's how we should relate to God the father Jesus talked a lot about that and we we got to sort of just approach God like that and let go of the fact that we are adults. I love that. Yeah. You talked about it earlier, that, that ego and that pride of men, like that's what we have to drop. Well, that brings me to question number five to bring up this, this ego. What is the, 
what is the deal with with men? Like why 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 can we get so stubborn and hard headed and and set you know and and it creeps up on us. I find because sometimes I work on humility and I work on you know not living for myself and then it kind of creeps up and I'm like wait a minute I'm being a, a turd right now. <laughs> yeah, I think saying? there's just this innate ability at times to uh, feel like if we admit that we don't have it all together or have the answer that there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. And I think what you know, our wives and our kids would appreciate more than anything is us just admitting, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have it all together and I don't have the answer. That goes way further than, than me pretending like I do, mm-hmm. you know? And I've had more success, I would say, you know, for lack of better words with my kids by admitting that I don't know what I'm doing mm-hmm. than the times where I knew what I was doing or thought I knew what I was doing. Wow. That's pretty good. So yeah. the first to admit, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like uh, it's okay. Like it, that's okay. It's it's okay. Nice. All right. Question number six. Now this this could be a whole book, but we don't have time for a book. But I would love to hear uh, you talk to women for a bit. So it's Father's Day, mm-hmm. right? So we've talked to men a lot about men things. What what do women need to know? Whether they're daughters, wives, mothers of men, how do women support men in being a good father? What do you think? I think, you know, at the heart of a man is they want to know and believe that they have what it takes to do the task that's in front of them. And that, and it's a hard task to be a good husband and a good father and worker. And the best thing that a woman can do or a wife, a spouse, is to speak truth into the man. You have this. You can do it. I believe in you. Like mm. those are the most powerful words that a woman can speak into a man is, I believe in you. I believe in you. Even in your failure, I believe in you. And that will do more for a man's confidence in Christ than anything else, you know? That's a good answer. Paul, listen, your responses to these questions (laughs) are so epic. You're feeling feeling sorry for me today. No, I am... uh, I am energized inspired ready to go try to be a better dad that's some good stuff well you are and uh you know we're, we're all doing our best and i just want to encourage all the men we do on father's day have a great one you know rest and be renewed and, and know that god will lead you and it's got your back and thank you for saying yes to being a dad you know because like a lot of people don't that's right and so in this world know that we're praying for you and all the saints praying for us and interceding on our behalf be good fathers and mothers and whatever so thanks for listening on the podcast or on the radio super appreciate you being a part of the show and we'll talk to you next week god bless